Hey, Pam, I have a question for you. What do you got, Ryan? Well, I can sure as heck hear you, but I, I just can't see you. What's going on? <laughs> that is the magic of internet and Skype. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Voice of Loveland, the podcast for ionloveland.com. This is a very super special, strange way, new thing that we're doing. I am sitting here in the day of, hey, I, in case you guys don't know, the state of Ohio, we're all supposed to be staying at home. So I'm in my home, Pam, you're in your home, and I'm staring at you through my computer screen, and you're staring at me, and we both look as lovely as ever. Yes, we are safely ensconced in our uh, our individual homes, following and heeding the direction of our leaders. Yes, everybody, stay the hell home if you <laughs> can stay home. Yes. Don't, don't, I mean, minimize as much, and look, today, especially the day we're recording this, it's gorgeous outside. It's really kind of been the first really pretty day in a while. And I am going to take my wife and my kid and our dog, and we're all going to be in our little cluster and go take a walk and stay six feet or more away from everyone. Yep. And I, uh, later on, am going to probably enjoy a, an adult beverage mm -hmm. out on my patio and enjoy a little bit of the sunshine and play with my dogs. And, well, I, it's all I got because yeah. this is just <laughs> all very strange. It is very, very strange. And I do another podcast. You and I, we produce another podcast too. But I do a personal one with my brother. And we, I mean, we've been doing this for years, kind of being away from each other. Or, you know, he lives in St. Louis. I live here in Cincinnati or Loveland area. We're able to do this. But I told him, and the reason I'm saying this, I told him, and I'm telling you and telling our audience the same thing, that look, there's a lot. I mean, we need to know everything we do about coronavirus, and I encourage people to do that. Pam, you and I are not doctors, as far as I know, are not medical doctors. And I, I want to give people kind of a sense of normalcy. And I know that's not a real word. That's what we want to do. We want to continue doing our show, talking about things we do. So you guys have that 25 to 30 minutes each week to just kind of check in on what's going on and know that life is while it may not be normal now, it will get there again. And hopefully we can help be that bridge. That's kind of my way of saying we're just going to keep on trucking. Yep. And Ryan, I think that's important too, because there are a lot of things that uh, even though life is, as as we've known it in the past, is kind of on hold, the decisions and things that are going to have to be made in the future, we are going to have to keep talking about them because we've got some big, big decisions coming up. We've also got some big issues that are coming up. So. Yeah. And last week, when we kind of laid it all out, said what our plan was moving forward, we invited anybody, especially our elected leaders, to call us, and we will put them on. Well, guys, this is what it's like. This is what it sounds like. You have this forum. President's talking every day. Governor DeWine's talking every day. Uh, Mayor Cranley in Cincinnati's talking every day. If you're elected to lead, you need to lead your people, and leading means talking with them. And look, you might not have something to say every day. Heck, I'm not asking you to come every day. You might not have something to say, but the times you do, just for reassurance, I encourage you guys, if you have something to say, contact Pam or I, and we will put you on. This is what it sounds like. You're exactly right. Communication is key here. Before we go into kind of the big topic we're going to talk about, this is how we're also going to do this. We're going to tell you what we know that's going on in Loveland. And hey, we've been very critical of them always saying, go to the website, go to the website. Not everybody wants to go to the website. Well, that's why you guys come to us, because we're going to go to the damn website and see what's happening. We're going we're gonna to look around, and we're going to ask questions, and we're going to continue to do the watchdog work we do. And obviously, in the last week, you know, almost nothing's really happening. I know the, a lot of the restaurants and everything, which is a big part of our economy, which we are going to discuss on next week's podcast, 
but a lot of the restaurants are doing carry out, all sorts of things like that. And the city did purchase a bunch of signs for the restaurants. So the city used public money for private businesses to put like carry out lanes. I'm not 100% against the concept. It just might be the money. You know, we need to discuss that. We need to discuss where our money is being spent. And then on the other side of it, there are 15 capital projects that the city manager, David Kennedy, said that they're putting on hold. Not canceled. They're just putting on hold for a savings of you know, a certain amount of money. Of that, it's uh, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the thing right now. It says in total, 15 projects totaling over 550,000. That's what it says here. Um, were suspended. We do not know what those 15 projects are. We are going to ask. There's obviously a big one we're going to ask about, Pam. (laughs) Are you talking about the elephant in downtown (laughs) called the $11 million parking garage? (laughs) Yeah, we so yeah, we, we will obviously continue to be discussing that. And again, we encourage anybody out there with uh, more information or even a different viewpoint to reach out to us. And guys, it's easy. Go to ionloveland.com and you can find how you can see us. Ryan, one thing I do want to say about the garage, there's going to be a lot of questions involved in this because there was a lot of debt involved in this project. But more importantly, there was also monies that were coming from the gas tax and that were coming from other uh, infrastructure projects from the state and, and things like that. So this is going to be something that we are going to have to talk about and that the eventually the administration is going to have to start talking about as well. Yeah, they, they because will. Because a lot of that money is going to be reallocated to other resources, particularly making sure that industries and the businesses that are closed down come back. This is devastating to yeah. to the economy. It is. And we are going to have to make real, uh, there's going to have to be priorities. And ev- everybody has to do it. We're doing it in our houses right now. We don't want to be sitting around eating rice and beans every day. So we're making priorities on what kind of food we want every day. And we really need our, our government. Again, it, this is not a time for gifts. This is not a time for presents. This is a time for necessity. Yes. So, And it's going to be something that definitely needs to be talked about. And I hope that no one thinks that that is being critical or picking on people. This is making everyone understand that our priorities have shifted. Yes. And we need to have that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the big issue I want to talk about is elections. And I I mentioned this on last week's podcast about how I I believe, and I still believe this, and you guys, if you want to know my personal political views, you can ask me. I try not to do that so much on this on this show. Regardless of what I thought about Governor DeWine three, four weeks ago, I do believe he has led the nation in the response to what has happened. He With the closing of the schools, being very strict, he and Dr. Amy Acton, I mean, you got to give her credit, and also got to give the... Uh, the uh, what is it? The, I forgot what you call him, but the sign language interpreter. I, you know, you got you got to give. <laughs> I think her name is Maria, and everybody likes her. She's oh, yeah. a trip to watch. She's a sometimes uh, you end up watching her so much because she's so animated and so you know personally. It, it it's so personal. It is uh, that sometimes you forget that. Oh, I'm supposed to be listening to what Mike Twine says. <laughs> And I, I, so all, all three of them, everybody up in Columbus, as I, I think they've done a very good job. Before I move on with all this stuff, I do want to make something clear. No matter what we think of any of these people or what we believe politically or whatever, these are still human beings. These are people. These are not autom- uh, 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 automatons. They're not robots or anything like that. And these are human beings that are dealing with something we've never seen. 
dealing with something very, very grand. And they're making big decisions that, you know what, they're not always going to make the right decisions. But I do personally believe they're just trying to save lives. I commend them for that. But we need to question in order for if there's ever a bad decision, even if it comes from the right spot, we still need to question so it's not being done in the future coming from a bad spot, somebody trying to manipulate something. And that's why I said I, I did not totally agree with the election. Now, I wanna, I'm want i going to talk bigger picture here, and then we're going to focus back on Loveland. To cancel, and cancel is the wrong word, to postpone the election the way they did and how they did. First off, the governor doesn't have that ability. That has to be done by the legislature. Yes, it seems like there were some things that were going through. And yes, I know the Ohio Senate today, I think, is voting to basically say the governor did it wrong. I know the Ohio Democratic Party is suing based on it. These are not partisan reasons they're doing that, people. They're doing that just to make sure nobody can just postpone elections in the future. But what my issue was with postponing the election is I think there could have been a better way. I think we could have done something else. And I think... Look, people weren't taking this seriously enough, but we could have, I, I don't know, instead of postponing it, we could have said, okay, it's going to be only 10 people voting at a time for the next five days. Do something like that. Th- those are my feelings. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, there were a few things. Number one, I agree with you. I think that Mike DeWine has been the first and foremost leader leading this fight in the nation. He really stepped up to the plate and showed great leadership and decisiveness. And I think that you can see that we're very blessed that we have, that he has surrounded himself with good people. Dr. Acton obviously is one of those Mm -hmm. people. In regards to the election, you and I disagree on whether or not the election should have been postponed. You, you know, took the position that you kind of think it shouldn't have been. I took the position that it should have been. I think it was the right decision. I think that he his one misstep was that he didn't do this as soon as he should have done yeah, it. I yeah. think the problem was is he waited until the night of the the night before the actual election when he made the decision to close the schools, which I know was extremely difficult decision number 1. And I know that it was a decision that a lot of people at the time questioned because obviously that's a, you know, to close every school in Ohio is a big big deal. I believe that in hindsight, now you look at that and boy, he was right on the ball with that. That was a great decision on his part. I think what he should have done was at that same time was when the election should have been postponed. And I think that would have been acceptable. The problem is, is that the way that it was handled was just very sloppy. It was his one misstep. But I do agree that overall, I think it should have been postponed. So I agree with his decision in regards to that. Having said that, though, it's going to come with tremendous, it's going to have tremendous issues. And I think from everything that I was reading between the decision he was trying to make and then the decision of Secretary LaRose, a lot of it had to do with the fact that this is going to turn kind of into a legal circus. It will. And this is just here. I'm going to get on my my mini soapbox for a moment here. I've got a couple of personal issues I've been fighting for decades in the government. Uh, One is publicly financed elections, which I'll be happy to discuss that with anyone when you reach me for a drink when this is all over. (laughs) I was going to say, that definitely is one that's going to require a beer or something. (laughs) Another one, though, is I've always been a big proponent that I think we should, like, I don't like early voting. I'm not a big fan of early voting. But I do think one of two things should happen. One is either to have a week for the election. So not just a Tuesday, but have an entire week. The other one is I'm a big fan of is vote by mail. I believe the state of Oregon does it. We're doing that now. 
So it's going to be very interesting to me, which, by the way, people, you're listening to this. There's no reason for you not to vote. We should see record-breaking turnout in this election. There is zero reason for you not to vote. And I'm going to bring it back to Loveland here in a moment. But I've always been a big proponent of that. So if we can do this vote by mail this way, I, I'm i going to be honest with you guys. This is people like me that have been fighting this issue for decades. We're going to try to push this forward. And we'll see how long our quarantine, so to say, lasts, Pam. But if you and I are still talking via Skype in a month or now, maybe we could do a whole podcast about what the the changes that should happen in the election. But we're I on Loveland. So let's talk about Loveland. First off, I'm with you. I do not like this whole month long early voting thing. I don't have any problem with early voting. I personally have never voted early except for this election. <laughs> As did I. Uh, I did. I did actually. I did actually go and vote on uh, the Thursday of that week. You know, they had closed the schools and things like that. But I've never been a big proponent of the whole month long voting early. I do think I don't have any problem with early voting, but I agree with you. A week is sufficient. I Mm -hmm. think that's fine. I mean, between absentee balloting and in person and having a week uh, of early voting, I just don't really understand the whole month long thing. But that's just me personally. But to circle back to Loveland, one of the things that I'm a little concerned about, Ryan, is that when they're pushing back this and, and since there's so many so many things that are unclear. You and I have both voted, uh, as well as a lot of other people have voted. There are also a lot of people who didn't vote yet. And so I think that when I referred to it as kind of turning into, has the potential to turn into a legal circus, it's because what about, I, I cast my vote already, okay? There are a lot of people, because we have a school levy on our ballot, there were a lot of people who voted early and may have voted for the school levy. Well, they voted on the school levy or they voted against the school levy, which mm-hmm. wh- whichever way. I'm just using the yes as an example. No, no, that's yeah. But you voted yes on the school levy based on current conditions at the time. What's going to happen now with, you know, we don't know what the economy is like. We don't know what is going to happen in the future. We don't know any of that kind of stuff. What about I want to change my, what about all of a sudden I thought, eh, you know, maybe that's not such a great idea. Yeah, that's that's a valid point. And it's I'll even take it further than that, Pam. And we're going to get back to the levy here. This is a this is a primary. It's a partisan ballot. When you go, you pick either Republican Party, Democratic Party or issues only. Let's say somebody at the time when they voted. And again, we're talking about people could have started to vote in February. Before this was really on a lot of people's lips. Coronavirus. February 18th right. was the starting date. So just as an example, let's say you, regardless what your political views are, but you think one party is is going to handle this crisis better than the other party. But let's say before you knew that you voted for the Democrat and then you want now you think, oh, shoot, I think the Republican Party is going to be better. They've essentially disenfranchised us. They've essentially not given us the chance to vote with all the information. Now, coming back to the school levy. And there's there's a couple things I want to say about the school levy here. You're right. This is there could be a lot of people, a lot of people with kids, and this is as we as we basically bring the economy to a screeching halt. And we are talking about so many people that have lost their jobs or they're being put on furlough, and now they're at home teaching their children. Now I'm going to be fair to the school district. We have not started the remote teaching yet, but. 
they have, and me personally, I mean, we're okay. It's uh, I, the joke is everybody keeps posting. Uh, I have you know just one child, one son, so it's kind of like the movie The Shining with Jack Nicholson. It's just him, Shelley Duvall, and the little boy, and that's what our quarantine looks like. So I'm going to start you know writing a book and say all work and no play makes you know Ryan a a grumpy person or whatever. But it's a uh, <laughs> no, we, we've been okay, people. But still, our view of school is changing. Our view of how schools work is changing. And it might, honestly, Pam, we may completely change the way the education system works. I, I don't want to be an alarmist. And like I said, don't come to us for expertise on this. But I know enough people in government that there are real conversations about limiting public gatherings for the rest of the year. And if that's the case, looking at schools may be different. And your view of a school levy is vastly, is going to be vastly different. You also have the issue, too, is that you have to remember there are a lot of rules, uh, and I'll call them regulations, but they're really laws. I guess laws are regulations, but whatever. There's a lot of rules and there's a lot of laws in regards to voting. And one of the things that I found kind of interesting, and I believe that you even brought this up, was if they're pushing this off to June 3rd, and they're basically, in essence, creating an artificial date, mm -hmm. they're, they're creating a new date. Let's just say that you just you weren't registered to vote prior to the March primaries, but you did go ahead and register to vote after the deadline to register to vote. Yeah. Do you get to vote in the June election? Yeah. And I think it's June 2nd. Yeah. Okay. It's a, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. It, so we have a lot of logistics yeah. <laughs> that go on in regards to that. Not only the fact too, that sometimes, you know, maybe, so you've got that whole, I didn't register to vote, but now I am registered to vote. So am I allowed to vote? Because technically it is still the March primary. It's those kind of things. The other thing is, is it puts enormous pressure on whether, whether you like politicians or not, mm -hmm. whether you like the candidates or not. It also has now put an enormous amount of pressure on all of those candidates because those candidates, number one, we have laws that say that you had to file your financial disclosure statements and things like that. Those are all due yeah. coming up here soon. Uh, are we going to waive those? But the other thing is, is now we have people who were in contestant primaries who had been raising money and doing all of those things. And now guess what? They have to start all over again. Like I said, this yeah. is going to be a, a, a legal, legal circus is the best way I can describe it. Yeah, I, I've done a lot of work with campaign finance. And again, I won't get in the weeds, but the report coming up is called the primary report. And then there's a post-primary, there's a pre-election, the post-election, all that stuff. You, you've completely messed that up now. And when yeah. I go back to talk about Loveland, again, obviously there's a school levy, but Pam, you're in Claremont County. Yeah. And if you're a Republican in Claremont County, you have a very, very contested Republican house race going on right now. We do. That That has been heavily, heavily financed yeah. by an outside party. It would be nice to know who that outside party <laughs> is. Right. And now you've expanded that, which I'm, I'm sure you, you're going to love getting mailer after mailer after mailer. We expected this. I guess my point is we're making a joke, but we expected that to be done. There's a judgeship, a really big contested judgeship going on yes. right now. So between what is it, a uh, Falter and a uh, Hartman? Yep. So Judge Hartman. Yeah. So these are, I mean, these are very, very important elections. I know. I know on the Democratic side, if you live in Hamilton County, there is the county commission. There's a big to replace a. Yeah, it would be uh, Todd Portoon's seat, but 
There's a very, very contested three-way race going on for that. The person that's going to take on uh, Joe Dieters, the, God, I can't, what's wrong with my brain right now? The prosecutor, <laughs> the county yes. prosecutor. There's a contested thing on that with the Democratic Party. So, again, we... Well, there's also a contested primary in Hamilton County with the Sheriff's Department. Uh, that's right, yeah, on the Democratic side. And you're now right. we're back to my scenario is what about you decided that, you know, you voted early and you voted for person who is not the current occupant of the sheriff's office. And then on hindsight, now that you're looking at this big situation that we're all finding ourselves in, you're reevaluating thinking, huh, don't you think maybe I want steady hands, steady stewardship of somebody who's been there before? That's what I'm saying about this is going to be a very difficult, there's a lot of difficult situations that are going to come up in regards to this election. Oh, and before we leave the contested thing, the last I heard, Pam, there's a a contested Democratic primary for the president of the United States. So there's obviously the point is everybody, you guys have a chance to vote. And there's a lot of things there. And here, I'm a, hey, I'm a problem solver. I encourage the rest of you to do this. And you might not agree with me. I know you and I, Pam, have just disagreed a little bit on postponing the election. The fact is it's been postponed. And the fact is this is when the date is. I have already contacted my state senator and state rep, and I've asked them to throw out all the votes from before. And I know a lot of people don't feel comfortable with that, but I think if they're going to do this, everybody should have a chance to vote with all the information they have. This is why I usually vote on election day. You never know what's going to happen up until the end. And I'm going to you know, make a joke here, but the last thing I want to do is feel like I voted for somebody with the information I had in mid-March. And then at the end of May, that person comes out and says, you know what? The earth is flat. You know that, right, people? I don't want to vote for that person, Pam. <laughs> I don't want that person to... That's my opinion, okay? If you guys believe the earth is flat, I welcome when we'll have a drink when this is all over and we'll discuss that. But it's not just that, though, Pam, is you know, with the school levy, and, and I know it's a hot topic, and it's even more important now than ever, and whatever decision I made or you made on the school levy, I might make a different decision today than before. But I can tell you, all of you guys out there, and I understand what you're saying about pulling the school levy, that's not legally possible. Okay? I go back to the disenfranchisement. Chances are they're not going to throw our votes out. So my point is, if you're going to be a spokesperson for a group, yes or no on this, you should have good information. And I, I know a lot of people are upset about all the signs that are still out. And then I follow all these different groups and things like that. And I know a person from the no campaign took down a bunch of signs. And then people from the yes campaign were taking down signs. Guys, if you go into people's private property without them knowing, you are committing a crime. So let's get this clear, Pam. You can't take the levy off the ballot because it's already on the ballot. People have already voted for it. So stop saying take it off the ballot. Also, guys, don't trespass. If you want the signs down, just put a note on somebody's door or something like that. Let's all not act like, let's not all act the fool, okay? <laughs> That's what it yeah. is. We're still America. We still have the U.S. Constitution. We still have the Ohio Constitution, the Loveland, or yeah, and the Loveland Charter and all that stuff. Guys, let's, uh, I, I know I know we're afraid. I know we're confused. I know we're all this other stuff, but this is election year, and this is happening. And I saw, I mean, heck, I, we, I live in Loveland, Pam, and I saw a Mitch McConnell ad. Last night, politics is going to go on. Let's accept it. Let's continue to be nice to each other, but let's not talk about doing things that just aren't legally possible. There, I said it. Well, I think, Ryan, at the end of the day, you can't change elections. 
And you can't change rules midstream. That's the bottom line. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, so that that's a that's our election talk. I do want everyone to know that again, we're doing this every week, Pam. Obviously, this worked magnificently. As a matter of fact, I think this is the first time you've ever been on a Skype call. It is. <laughs> I mean, this is New how experience for me. <laughs> this is how I conduct business, which is why if for some reason I get uh, the coronavirus, Pam, it will take me ten minutes to call the people I've been in contact with the last two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's good. I, I was I was built for this type of thing. I know everyone else wasn't, and that's why we're coming to you guys. But I think with elections, with everything going on, the biggest thing, the thing we're all looking at right now. Outside of the sickness and everything, because look, we all have to think of what's going to happen on the other side of this, because there will be another side. We will come out of this, and we're going to come out of it, and we're going to have learned a lot of things. What type of economy we have is probably the biggest one that we're going to learn, and we need to discuss that, and you and I will discuss that next week, Pam, because this is, I mean, hell, this is your expertise, but what kind of economy does the city of Loveland have, and is it the type of economy that's built to rebound from this? I guess that's kind of, I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Kind of no, few I agree thoughts. because we're going to have, I, I mean, the reality is, is once we get past the illness part and hopefully, obviously, first and foremost, we want to make sure people are safe and that they are healthy and that has to be addressed first. But yes, eventually our economy has to get back on course. And the question then is, you know, we're going to have to build a healthy economy. And so the question for us here, not only from a national level, but here locally is we have to start addressing what does the future economy of Loveland look like? And what do we need to make sure what decisions do our leaders need to make sh- need to make so that we're doing the right thing for for future issues and epidemics and things like that that come up and we need to make sure that we have the right people in place to make those decisions and we need to know who are they going to engage because i started off at the beginning in the the early days of this crisis the city has given money to private organizations and is taking money away from stuff that directly benefits the people of Loveland. They might have a real good reason for that, Pam, and I'd like to hear that reason. I'd like to hear what they have to say about that. But if we're going to come out of this, be it a couple of weeks, be it a couple of months, and we go to those city council meetings, and they are espousing the same things we were before, that is not leadership. I agree, and there's one other thing, and and, and I can kind of end with this. I am an entrepreneur. I have spent my entire career in the private sector. We really need people who understand how the private sector economy works. I think that easy- we need le- we need leaders like that. I think the easiest thing to say, and I remember, I remember in the seventeen election, Councilman Tim Butler, or he was candidate Tim Butler at the time, had said something about being on the campaign trail and meeting all the great different type of people in Loveland. Guys, this is not a criticism. This is actually a call to action. You need those people now. You need to bring in the people who who are not the same people to talk about it because guys, this is this is a team effort. This is everyone. And we all need to be in this together and be it nationally, be it statewide or be it here in Loveland. It's we talk a lot about how you and I Pam, we we live here. We have businesses here. I have a child in the school here. You have dogs. You use parks. We use all this stuff. I don't want Loveland to suffer because of this. I want Loveland to come out and be better because of it. I agree. 
And I think that's what we all want from our community. For our community. That's correct. All right. With all that being yep. said, the Voice of Loveland, the podcast for ionloveland.com, is a production of Ion Community. This episode was engineer mixed and I guess uh, IT'd by Pam Gross and Ryan <laughs> Kulik. And the music was by, uh, by my father in law, who I hope is staying at home. I just have to make that clear. That's what I have, Pam. Uh, anything else you got left to say? No, everyone, thank you so much for listening. And please stay safe and stay healthy. And right now, stay inside. (laughs) Everyone, please be informed, be involved, and be influential. 